welcome to that homeschool thing podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of homeschooling, clear up stereotypes and stigmas, and give you the best information possible straight from former homeschoolers. Don't forget to subscribe and share that homeschool thing podcast with all your friends and family members. Here now is your host and former homeschooler himself, Jesse Fister. Good afternoon, fellow homeschoolers, homeschool skeptics, and homeschool wannabes. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of That Homeschool Thing. We're so happy to have you. Our first guest is a former homeschooler herself and mom of four darling children. I want to welcome Mary Schutz. Hi, Mary. Hey. Hey. First off, did I pronounce your last name correct? You did. Yes, and not (laughs) many people do. I meant to actually ask you because this whole time I thought it was Schultz. And it's, uh-huh. there's no L. <laughs> there's no L. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Okay. So um, let's get started. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And uh, where do you live now? All right. So I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri side um, with three siblings. So second oldest out of four. And mm-hmm. I myself was homeschooled all the way K through 12. Um, as well as all my siblings did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then moved to Florida for um, for part of college and a little bit of that afterwards, and then landed in St. Louis for my husband's grad school, and wow. we loved it and stuck around. That's great. What were what did your parents do? What were their occupations? Obviously, your mom was teaching uh, at yes. home. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom actually had a. Um, had a psychology degree and a teaching certificate out of um, UC Fullerton. And then uh, my dad was an engineer by degree and um, and worked in commercial construction. So my mom did, um, she used to stay home full time after, like after they started a family. And then, um, and she continued to do that throughout throughout my childhood and and even afterwards um and my dad worked my dad worked a lot of hours so it was a pretty traditional you know division of, of labor in our house um growing up yep oh yeah yeah um was homeschooling do you think looking back now on it do you, uh, and throughout the course of time was homeschooling a good fit for you and your siblings yeah that's a okay so that will probably that might be a slightly different answer for me versus my siblings. I thought for myself, um, it was just amazing, and probably you can tell that only because I chose to homeschool my own children. Right. Um, but I was afforded just an enormous number of opportunities through homeschooling, and while I don't have anything to compare it to, because truly it's the only thing I did um, in comparison to. Um, to my immediate, you know, peers and, and friends, um, I was just, I was thankful for, you know, for a lot of different aspects of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Two of my siblings would probably share that feeling. Um, my, so my two brothers would probably share that feeling. My sister, um, who's just immediately younger than me, um, just felt like she needed, she probably would have benefited from the structure of school. She wasn't like a particularly self-motivated kid at that time, even though, mm-hmm. you know, now she's really successful. She, um, it took her, you know, it took her until her college years to gain that. So 
a lot of like the independent study of that comes with homeschooling was just really difficult for her to manage. And, and so she'll even say now, you know, in her 30s, that um, looking back on it, she probably would have benefited more from, you know, from a class, more classical um, schooling situation to a, you know, to a higher level than it is. Um, while it's an enormous decision, I don't think, um, I definitely don't think that there's an answer that should be universal. And like you said, there's, there are a plethora of reasons of why people, why parents decide to homeschool their children. Why did, do you know the reason? Why did your parents decide to homeschool? <laughs> I, I can remember them, them, you know, because in the, when you're getting homeschooled in the 80s, um, mm-hmm. people ask you, and you probably remember this all the time, hey, is that, is that legal? Like, you're, you know, you go out. <laughs> is this real? And, yeah, and people are. What's like, your problem? You know, ask. And, and so my mom had to defend it a lot. So I I often heard her, you know, explain why they were homeschooling. And um, and initially it was um, it was just because they um, they were thinking Christian private school. Mm-hmm. And um, and my older brother, they did not want him out of the house for nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. They realized that they just didn't feel like that was conducive to family relationships and so um they started looking at other options and and you know and ended up with homeschooling so that was kind of a start and then as they mm-hmm. continued reasons why they wanted to do it ended up being um two major things first one was um was family relationships being able to be the number one influencer of their children and the second um, being just that they really did think they could provide a higher quality of academic rigor, you know, than um, than what we were had available to us in in um, public or private schools in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, from my experience, I don't think there's really been one particular reason, just one alone, that someone homeschools their children. I find there's always three, four, five reasons as yeah. to why. Um, yeah. They do that. I mean, and it's such a big decision. Normally, with well, with a child's life, there's there's a lot of components that go into it, and there's usually not one reason that people will yeah. homeschool their kids. What was now? Was there a large community of homeschoolers that you were around in at the time? Like you said, it was the '80s, and there were a lot of people that were doing it, but it was in certain segments, and yes. it was you know only in those segments of the population was it was it popular. If you got outside of that. I mean, it was, it was, you, know, uh-huh. you were definitely an anomaly. You could no be, question. you could be highly isolated and, and quite the anomaly. But I, <laughs> I was fortunate that I was always part of um, a fairly large community. I can tell you for sure that when we were little, my mom had to search that out a lot more than she did as we, as we grew up and got into high school. Then there was just a, you know, a plethora of, of homeschooling activities available, more than you could possibly participate in. But she really did have to be a little more active and, you know, and really seek those opportunities when we were in elementary school. Um, and and she did, and she did an excellent job of, of helping to coordinate a, a pretty large homeschool group in the um, eastern Kansas City suburbs. And um, it was really, it was really, really positive for me. But I also, I don't ever remember a time when we weren't having always like holiday parties and, um, you know, and just field trips together. We went on 
countless field trips um, that are still vivid in my mind of going to the post office when I was in second grade and <laughs> all that stuff. So, um, yeah, right. so we really did have a pretty good community. And I ended up graduating. There was probably two, three or four different graduating classes in the entire Kansas City suburb. And I graduated with a group of like 60 to 70 um, other homeschool graduates when I, when I finally mm. graduated from high school. Wow. Okay. So at, when you were growing up, do you remember, uh, did your parents, did they get a lot of flack from relatives or friends for homeschooling you, being that it was so different than, than the norm? Oddly, my aunt started homeschooling even before my mom did. So mm. going probably, uh, and she was here in the St. Louis area um, where I live now, but um I think family-wise, on my mom's side of the family, it was like it had already been, you know, it had already, <laughs> somebody had already, you know, walked that walked that path for her, um, paved the way on my mom's yes. side of the family. Now, my dad's side of the family, um, they they have often relayed a conversation where um, they, his side of the family was just a little more traditional and just too, you know, just he and his sister, like, it was, it was just a little more traditional in that way, and his sister's kids were older than were older than all of us, um, and they were all in um, public education in Chicago area. And so, when my parents told them that they were going to homeschool, they um, they were really concerned, and they they voiced concerns about like academics. Did my mm-hmm. were they really capable of that? And they said, "Well, is it a financial issue? Because we can help you out if it's." If this is just about finances and you can't <laughs> afford private school, then uh, then maybe we can help you out a little bit. And my parents always said, no, no, it's just something we actually want to do. <laughs> and then they became, like, the, our biggest cheerleaders um, as, as time went on. And then with great-grandkids, a lot of the great-grandkids on my family um, are homeschooled. And, and now they just think it's fabulous <laughs> <laughs> what was your what was your favorite experience about homeschooling being a homeschooler was it outside curricular activities was there a favorite subject that you just look back and say wow I love that subject so much and studying it that semester or that year was so good what was there an absolute mm-hmm. highlight that stands out in your experience oh wow um I think it was if there yeah, I think I'm probably gonna have to say um the huge number of field trips that we did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um would would definitely be on on my list of you know of, of top things. Um and then being able to be in like countless different lessons in every different genre, of, whether it was art or sports or, you know, or something like that, then um, I felt like we got so many opportunities to try our hand at different things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, that was a major highlight. In terms of just straight academics, what was my favorite? Um, my favorite was freshman biology through ACE and ordering, receiving in the mail, like, a vacuum-packed fetal pig that <laughs> dissected <laughs> on the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, my God. That um, stood out to me as just like, this is so amazing. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. Biology. Best experience with pig. 
<laughs> yes, with a pig. With a pig. All right. That's great. On the fence, I've heard about this homeschooling thing. I'm on the outside looking in, um, and I'm really trying to gain uh, just a lot more information and knowledge on just homeschooling. And I want to homeschool mm-hmm. my kids. Uh, being a former homeschool yourself, a homeschooling mother now, what are the added benefits of homeschooling? And then if you could touch on maybe even negative uh, things or things in your experience mm-hmm. that you've seen either yeah. with, with you, your siblings, or with others. Okay. Um, so benefits to homeschooling. Um, the number one to me is, is that, um, is flexibility and, um, and being able to make your education unique. So, um, and those go together, just the fact that you can be so flexible and, um, and customize an education, you know, for your child. Um, the flexibility comes in so many different ways. It can come in the fact that with my um, with my little guy who's almost eight, I am doing third grade math and second grade reading and first grade history this year, and um, and he's really really interested for for no particular reason. He's you know super interested in soccer right now. So we're doing our literature is is about. Um, and, you know, it's about like soccer stars. So just, um, just that ability to be really flexible with, um, with each child. And then, um, your time is flexible. If mm-hmm. I want to take my kids to, you know, um, like one of the big attractions here in St. Louis, um, the Magic House, which is a children's museum, amazing like educational opportunities. We can do that in the middle of the day, in the middle of the school year when nobody else is there. And, you know, and really benefit from that in the, in the best way possible. So, um, so you really just have a lot of flexibility when, um, you know, when grandparents come in from out of town, we can work ahead, you know, a little bit and then take time off with them. So it's just, um, it's just really, really nice in those ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, so customization if your child has a particular interest, you can, you know, you can use that. And I think I'm even learning this very, very much right now is just learning how to, um, how to accommodate and, um, and use their interests to my, to my benefit and to their benefit. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, realizing that I don't need to, need to follow, um, a curriculum perfectly that I don't need to follow a um, a curriculum s- schedule perfectly. That if they're interested in something, I just focus on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do like I do like the time with my kids. Um, for some people, that would be a negative, and I and I do understand that. Just depending on your family dynamics, um, you know, that could be a positive or a negative. But I really do enjoy having having additional time with with my children. Um, the public schools here in, in um, the St. Charles County side of, of St. Louis are, um, our elementary sk- kids get on the bus at 8.20 and they get off um, at like 4.50. So that's just oh. a long day, you oh. know. Um, yeah. I don't feel ready for my five-year-old to be gone from me <laughs> for that, you know, quite that, quite that no. long. So I, um, I enjoy that, that we have a little more time together. School takes yeah. less time, obviously, when you're doing it with one or two kids, 
or mm-hmm. even four kids than it does when you're doing it with 25. Yeah. And so we only spend, you know, I have young kids, you know, still. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I didn't, I should have done this at the beginning. Now you, I said you did have four kids, but can you tell us at least their ages and, and how yes. many you're homeschooling let's right now? Do that. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, get the, yeah, um, let's do that. Yeah. My son, Will, is going into technically se- second grade and he is seven. And then my son, Jack, is, um, is just turned six and he is doing, this is funny because this is a homeschool thing, but he started kindergarten in January of last year. <laughs> so mm. he's going into his second semester of kindergarten starting, starting now in August of 2017. So, um, wow. So that's kind of fun. And then the two, I have two smaller ones, um, another boy named Sam that's four, and he is rambunctious and um, I don't know. <laughs> There's probably a lot of ways to for him. But rambunctious and uh, and definitely active is a, is a good description of him. And then we have a little baby girl who is almost two. Mm. Um who loves to climb everything right now and talk our ears off. So. <laughs> That's a two-year-old thing. <laughs> so life is exciting. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Life is always exciting if you, if you have a two-year-old, and it never stops. Yes, right? <laughs> um, how, how did you deal growing up and maybe even now, how do you deal with the stereotypes sort of that come from homeschooling from those who know little about it? Yeah. I think it's it, – it's something that um, that every homeschooler is going to have to deal with, is that if you have been homeschooled or you are deciding to homeschool your own children, you have to deal with some stereotypes. And, and homeschooling is popular enough now that most people have some idea of what a homeschooler is. And often mm-hmm. we will look at really, really right-wing conservative families, and, um, and, I, and they seem to be the most prominent just from TV and, you know, in the few things that we see, um, we see that presentation of homeschooling um, or we see like a, a very um, a very non-traditional like um, you could almost use the word like hippie kind of culture of just you know we're just <laughs> going to be like countercultural in every single way and um, and we're just going to do our own thing in a, in a very in a much more loose kind of sense so those are the mm. two things you typically you typically um, fight back against with the, with the stereotypes. Right. The funny thing is that most homeschoolers aren't like that. Most homeschoolers are pretty similar to, to everyone else that you <laughs> that you know and interact with. Um, I when I was coming up towards um, or when I was in college, I found myself um, trying to defend you know the fact that I was homeschooled or not always announcing it, you know, for everyone, um, kind of letting people get to know me and then, you know, and then telling people that I was homeschooled and I often got the right reaction of, you were homeschooled? You don't act like a homeschooler. <laughs> and my, and my coined answer to that was, oh, what do you think homeschoolers act like? You know, because, because post, most people didn't really know what they thought I should act like if I was homeschooled, but instead just, um, had some very, you know, very, very undeveloped, view of what of what a homeschooler might be like and I suppose I surprised them just because I was quote unquote normal. <laughs> I have shocked many people, especially in the workplace. I've told many people that you know in growing up in St. Louis, the number one question in St. Louis of course is where did you go to high school? Yes. And um, you know that that was that's always a tough Louis one thing. for me. 
because I, I, I always felt like I, I didn't, I was never apologetic about being a homeschooler by any means, but I always felt like I had to explain to them that my, that my culture, the homeschool community wasn't the only culture that I knew about, that I had friends that went to yeah. public school and private school. And, oh, I also live close to these public schools and I'm friends with people on a, on a daily active basis. Um, so I almost felt like I needed to hyper explain things to people as yeah. a homeschooler. But nowadays, you know, like you said, it is becoming more prominent. I was watching the news the other day. There's more homeschoolers today than there were in 1999 when, you know, around the time that I was still homeschooling. And um, it, it is on the rise. 3.4% um, of students today are being homeschooled. And those numbers are increasing, they say, um, every single year. So it, it's definitely on the rise. People are wanting to do it for a variety of reasons more yeah. and more in the country and throughout the world, for that matter, um, which is really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny because it does seem like more than I, – I always hear that, you know, kind of 3 to 4% statistic, and, I, and, it's, and it's funny because in my world, um, I still just know a lot of people that were homeschooled, and it, it does seem bigger than that to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though oh, yeah. – even though by far the majority of my, you know, friends, family, et cetera, were, were, were not homeschooled, um, it's, it does seem bigger than 4%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It seems a lot – when you're in a sort of a subculture in a, in a group or a community of people, it feels like that's the entire world until you actually sure does. kind of go out beyond that and you go, oh, wow, like I really was a minority. I was – We I could was probably have a whole separate podcast about subculture. <laughs> And how you think it's the whole world. Yes, really yes, we can. No question. That, that, yes, yes, we'll have to talk in detail about that for sure. Um, let's, uh, let, let's go back to sort of your mom homeschooling you and your siblings. Um, sure. this is something that I hear from a lot of homeschool moms and a lot of even uh, homeschool moms that are on Facebook groups. They'll ask this question, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm down. I love homeschooling. I want to keep my kids in you know, being a homeschooler, were there, did you see or did you notice, were there days when your mom was ever ready to sort of throw in the towel with homeschooling because of frustration or just, you know, maybe things were just hard at times? You know, if she ever did, she never showed it. They were pretty (laughs) committed. And my mom is also, like, I really, I know everybody loves their mom, or hopefully they do, but, um, and a lot of people think highly of their mom, but I would have to tell you my mom is probably one of the most patient and steady and calm people I know. So I never did see if she ever felt that way. <laughs> I um, I did not see it. I did see her wear some stress over it, you know, just like at the beginning of the school year, I would see her, um, you know, like like definitely laboring that decision of curriculum and um, making choices of activities because there are so many activities available. Which ones are we going to prioritize? And and those kind of decisions. Um, but I but I don't think she ever, as far as I know, I don't think she ever rethought the question. <laughs> mhm. Was there ever a time you wanted to go to public, private school, boarding school, or any other school for that matter? I was always curious about it because. Yeah. You know your friends. Your friends are going to school, and it's a it, it's a very common, um, or they they all share some sort of of commonality. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to have tons of homeschooled friends, so um, so probably half of my 
closest friends when I was very young, you know, we're talking like elementary school, we're homeschooled. And, and, but there was always that, that curiosity of like, oh, what's it like? In fact, as an adult, I still wonder, what's it like? <laughs> because I still don't know. Right. Um, I never, I never did want to go to school with any, with any like commitment. I never, I never was like, Hey, I really, I really, really want to go to school. I always, I always saw my benefits and appreciated them. Mm, Yes. Were there subjects that you um, knew that you were studying that a public or private school person that they weren't? I know that like I received pretty much a classical education and took various courses like Latin um, and even um, some of the major sciences uh, that, there were certain public school systems that I know they weren't teaching them. So I was learning them as a homeschooler. Were, were there various subjects that you went through or learned that were outside the norm of a public or private school? I think there was, um, in terms of like a few small things, but I never did like an entire, you know, an entire four years of something that was, that was outside the norm. For, for example, something like Latin where you would take, um, where you would take an entire, you know, an entire course in something. Um, did a lot of things like um, African American history. We spent actually a whole year, you know, whole year focusing on that, um, which maybe you know maybe offered in a in a school, but just kind of um, did a few a, f- a few things that were kind of unique like that. I spent a whole year um, writing and reading about um, the evolution of dance, not the YouTube video, but the actual. <laughs> broad term um, of ballet and, you know, and modern dance and jazz um, in the U.S. And so just because it was something that interested me. So there was a few things like that. But I think for the most part, our our curriculum was was pretty focused on core subjects that um, that you might see in a in a traditional schooling situation. What kind of curriculum did your mom use overall? Was it one or was it a mix of uh, many? She was a mix of many kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. Becca and, Bob, and Bob Jones were like those two, and maybe ACE were kind of like your real um, cornerstones of homeschooling in the early '80s. And yep. um, and so we did use um, what I remember really distinctly <laughs> is that we used quite a bit of a Becca when we were really little. And then it just got really, really diverse. The further we, you know, the further we moved up in our grades, the more experience that my mom got, the more exposure that she got, um, the more we diversified that curriculum. And oddly enough, when I went to teach my son to read, I'm looking at, you know, 50 different <laughs> curriculum options that we are, that we're afforded at this point. And I went back to a Becca language arts. I didn't go back for the entire thing, but it was so familiar and it was, I was like, oh, yes, I could still remember in vivid detail, like, some of the, you know, some of the teaching methods. And so I went back yep. to that when I when I taught my sons to read. Yep, yep. And there's still some of the same books that they're selling that I went through to learn how to read. I saw them just the other day, and I, I pointed it out to my wife. I said, we need to get that book. I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> so yes. she, so we, we actually ordered that, so my son's going to be reading on the same sort of the the same reading material that I had uh, when I was about six years old. So, yeah, it's great. It's great. How did your mom, how how, how did your mom log your academics? Was there a logbook? Was there a planner? 
you know, computers have come around and uh, some people yeah. now use Excel documents and things like that. But now, I mean, back in the day, my mom, she had an actual physical planner and uh, that, that, that she would log all of our information and keep our grades in there. Yeah. You know what? I actually think my mom um, – my mom's personality came out in this because I don't think she kept really great like logs or records <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I know, okay. I know she had a planner where she wrote down some stuff, but I know that it wasn't like, it wasn't super detailed and it wasn't, um, and it, and it certainly wasn't like, a grade for every for everything we completed. I know it wasn't that. So she did save samples of our work and then did have us do most years, not every year, she had us do either like SAT testing or um or Stanford test you know, like Stanford stuff. Um what was the other one? Um Iowa Basic was another like standardized test that you were available that was available. So I can remember her explaining this to somebody saying Oh, I keep so like so I I really don't remember the details of how she kept the her log, but she roughly kept a log. Then she kept samples of our work, and then she had us do some standardized testing just to prove if she was ever questioned. She could say, "See, they're in the 95th percentile. It's fine." <laughs> so um, because yeah, so she definitely wasn't. She definitely was not one of those. Um, super detailed with people about her log, which is funny because my husband was also homeschooled and his mom would be the exact opposite of that. And hers is, in fact, I have them in my basement. Um, <laughs> and they are detailed, detailed, like what books he read and, um, you know, and how many hours he spent at different, at different activities and subjects. So no. it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your personality definitely shines through when you're, when you're logging information and how you decide to log that information and where and all that kind of, yes. um, all that kind of stuff, you know, for sure. Okay. So as far as social life is concerned, uh, this is the number one question homeschoolers get. I've got it, you know, besides the course mm -hmm. where you go to high school question. Um, this is the question that seems to uh, come up from lots of outsiders. Um, yes. how in the world did you maintain or even have a social life? Yeah. How did you ever date anyone? How did you ever, you know, <laughs> how are you married? Like, and he's not my cousin. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Um, there are so many opportunities in, um, in the homeschool world at this point that you have to say no to, to, to the number of opportunities that there are. Socialization is not an issue when you have, you know, when you have a proactive parent. Mm -hmm. um, there are just endless opportunities, you know, to, to interact with, um, to interact with your larger homeschool community, as well as if you are, you know, if you're being proactive as a parent, um, just a lot of opportunities still even within um, school systems and everything to, to get your pl kids plugged into extracurricular activities in, in that type of situation. Mm -hmm. So I said proactive a couple of times there. I do think, I do think that it does take some initiative from parents and mm -hmm. really homeschooling as a whole takes 
so much initiative from us. I think most most homeschooling parents tend to already be on that wavelength of, hey, I'm going to take the reins of my child's education, and therefore it's pretty natural for them to go ahead and, um, you know, to take those reins and get their and get their kids out there into into lots of different social situations. Um, there is not what I do sometimes miss is just um, is just like in my neighborhood all the um, like when the kids go to school. There's just a very easy way to meet other moms, which is to go stand at the bus stop and, and put your kid on the bus and and then you meet these other moms with kids you know of similar ages. I, I will say that with homeschooling, it's probably not quite that easy. Not much mm-hmm. harder, but not quite that easy. You do have to join a homeschool group and show up for the welcome picnic and, you know, mm-hmm. and start meeting other people or sign your kids up for gymnastics and start talking to the other moms. Um, but I never felt for a moment that I was, that I was less socialized. Um, and I hope that I'm offering the same to my kids. I'm, I'm pretty certain that that I am. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Did you ever take outside classes or have tutors come to your house or go to their house? What was, was there anything besides, um, you know, yourself learning and your mom teaching, teaching classes? Mm-hmm. Um, we did do a learning center, which is just a popular model in, um, in the homeschool community right now is to, is to pool resources and, and do some um, learning center activities like one day a week. So one day a week I went to this place called the Franklin Center. And each semester we signed up for different classes, whether it was, you know, cake decorating or drama or um, or biology or, you know, all that different kind of stuff. So I did that through elementary school. When I got to high school, I started participating in some classes that were offered by St. Louis University. Oh, not St. Louis University. Sorry, I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong town now. <laughs> My Rockhurst University um, in Kansas City, and their um, graduate teaching assistants would teach high school classes, like high school science classes. Um, and then by my junior year, I had started taking um, foreign languages and math and writing. Um, a lot of those, um, a lot of my like core requirements um, for college, I started taking those at a community college um, enrolled for, enrolled for dual credit so that it applied both to my high school transcript as well as give me some college credit in there. Mm. Gotcha. As far as, um, as far as high school graduation went, that's, that's, that's another um, stipulation question that I get from people that are outside, you know, did you have a mm-hmm. high school prom uh, you know, did you did you actually do anything at all for a ceremony once you graduated? Um, what was that like? So can 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 you speak to that? Did you have a high school prom? Were you were you queen? Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I did have a high school prom. It was my first date with my husband, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. Yes, it was. It, it stuck. Um. So I did have a high school prom and obviously attended. Um, we did have senior activities. So we did, you know, we did stuff together throughout the year. Because for our for our graduation, we pulled in a lot more people than like the, there was a core group of people that did a lot of stuff with this homeschool group. 
But then when it came to graduation, a lot of people that may have been a little more on the fringe of this of this homeschool group wanted to participate in the, in the in the graduation. So we had a lot of like senior activities just to kind of get to know some of the other people that um, maybe weren't quite as well assimilated into into this group. And then um, and then we had a graduation, cap and gown, the normal the normal things. <laughs> um, just a, they were normal. We're yeah, normal <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, it was great. I, I did enjoy. I did. And I thought it did seem significant. It was important to me to have that to have that experience in common with with a lot mm-hmm. of other people. Yeah. Now, OK, so you graduated high school, college. Um, you kind of described a little bit about where you went. What did you major in? I majored in nursing. I got my bachelor's of science in nursing. And um, and I graduated from the University of South Florida in Tampa Bay area. <laughs> was the transition to college difficult? That's a, that's definitely a, a question I get a lot asked to me personally. Um, yeah. You know, when you went as a homeschooler, was it were you shell shocked to sit in a class and you know be with all of these students all at once and and all of those things? How would you answer that? What was the transition like? Yeah. Um, so that, because that transition started for me in high school because I started taking, you know, these classes at a community college and I flew through my first few classes, you know, like A's without a whole lot of work, you know, just, um, kind of just really flew through them. My first, um, my first couple of classes were, um, was like some Spanish courses and, um, I think um, some writing, like, you know, composition 101, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then I got into a math class and, um, and I had really like self-taught my math using Saxon curriculum, which is, was just super, super popular when I was, um, and it's even, and it, it's even fairly popular at that time, like even public schools, lots of, lots of schools use Saxon math, but it was a pretty, um, it was a curriculum that allowed you to teach yourself because it did a lot of explanation and examples. Um, I got in this math class and the teacher barely followed the textbook at all. Like you probably could have thrown the textbook away and been just fine. She taught everything from the board with examples and explanation on the board. And I did struggle at that time. That was the first time I thought, Ooh, I have a new skill to learn. <laughs> and and mm. so it was, you know, several courses into into that experience that I suddenly was like, wow, here's something here's something that I do have to learn how to do. And that was to have truly someone else teaching me. All the courses I'd taken before that, I benefited from self study. But now I needed to be able to close that book and and learn from somebody from a lecture, you know, or from um you know, examples on the talk board. And it was, it was challenging. I got my first B. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I no. was like, oh, it killed me. I was like that perfectionist girl that, that didn't want, that did not want to be. Um, but I'll tell you, like it was. I've had a few Bs in my life. It's okay. <laughs> <I've had a few laughs> it was a great learning experience and really good that that B came when it did because it, <laughs> because it wasn't my first one, but I, <laughs> but I, uh, I benefited from, from learning that life doesn't have to be all this. Um, so I, so that was, that was a challenge. As I went through school, I got better at it. And just by recognizing that I had to get better at it, 
I focused on, you know, I focused on like, okay, how do, how am I, how do I take notes from someone, you know, speaking in front of me and, and how do I use the resources being able to talk to the teacher and, you know, and go to, um, like the learning resource center, you know, the free tutoring at the school, learning to make use of those, of those kind of things, which are life skills. So it was good mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. I learned, you know, kind of going back to what you said about the textbook and the teacher not teaching out of it. I, I honestly learned after about a year of college that I'm just going to wait to see if the teacher even uses the book before I go off uh-huh. to and buy the $300 book. And yes. I saved a lot of money, honestly. Uh, throughout throughout the course of my college career because, um, I you know, I, I just would not purchase the book because so many teachers, uh, it seems to be the normal thing, unless they're teaching a math course or it's a general study, um, you know, I, I, I found maybe nine times out of ten, a, a teacher will rarely actually use a book, um, yep. at least with the major that I was going. I was, I was, a, I was a comm major, communications major, and yeah, I, I found that. I saved a ton of money by waiting to see if they were even going to use the book. Um, what about now, did you work while you were in college as well? What was the transition like if you did go and had a part-time job or a full-time job um, before you obviously now are married and homeschooled yeah. and kids? Mm-hmm. I, I did work a lot during college. I um, So part of part of that transition talk is that I, I stayed at home for my first years of college, lived at home and and worked and, and went to school. Then my second two years, this is odd but um probably not traditional when you talk about, about college, but I actually was married after when I was twenty and so then I was married for my second two years of, of college. And that's when I went down to the University of South Florida. So just you know, a little unusual there probably not what most people think of as their college years, but um, I, I did fine during those first two years. Um, the, the school I went to was small, you know, it felt, it felt very comfortable. I, at that time was dancing professionally for a, um, for a ballet company in, in Kansas city. And then, um, and then I gave that up and just started teaching ballet when we moved to Florida and taught ballet then a lot of hours, a lot of hours in the, in the evening, um, because we were, you know, two college kids living, trying to, um, support ourselves on two part-time income. So, uh, mm. so I did definitely work a lot during, during college. Were there skills that you cultivated throughout those years that you believe have helped you? Um, either now or um, in the past recently um, that perhaps you wouldn't have had uh, if if you went to public school or private school? Yeah. Um, just in, like, general skills? Is that what you're asking? Or yeah. Me... Um, a, couple, a couple of things come to mind there. The one is just being able to self-teach. I am still just, like, a hungry learner. You know, I want to learn new things, and – I have the confidence to say, I can get a book on that. I can get a video on that. I can, I can teach myself that, you know? And, and so it really did teach me to be an independent and, um, an avid learner, like hopefully a lifetime, you know, hopefully a lifetime learner. Mm-hmm. Um, then secondly was the interpersonal like skills. So you, if you're going to be home with your family all day, and you're going to do school and then you're going to, and then you're going to hang out, you know, and, and 
and everything, and you're going to and you're going to be with these people, um, you have to learn some serious, you know, serious interpersonal skills. I have so many moms tell me when I say I homeschool, they say I couldn't do that. I couldn't handle my kids that I could not handle being with my kids all day. Mm. Um, there is, so for those moms that are worried about that, I will, I, I will say that it is a learned skill. Um, you probably can do it way better than you, than you expect if that's, you know, if that's something that concerns you, but there are, there are skills to it and you learn about how to interact as a family. And mm. that has really benefited me, like in my career, um, just I've had to learn how to pay attention to people's cues of I need space or I need to I need to talk I need you know I need some support I need help I need you know whatever those whatever those things are at the moment um I really do think it gave me some some really valuable um really valuable skills in terms of of reading cues of people around me Mm. so those are probably two major things yeah do you feel, looking back now, do you feel like you missed out on experiences in high school um, from being a homeschooler? Is there anything you'd say, man, you know, I, I wish I had experienced public school, private school? Mm. Um, I don't. There are aspects of college life that I sometimes miss, but that was because of the choices that I and mm-hmm. I Definitely, I am so glad. I'm so glad for the choices that I didn't make. But uh, but I have seen some people that came out of college with really really tight lifelong relationships. And for me, college was something I did while I had my you know my closest relationships were were outside of college. So I see that a little bit. But during high school, there's not there's really not much that I have ever looked back on. Just I was aware of the opportunities that I was afforded and, and I, and I really didn't miss anything in particular. Mm. Yeah. Are you currently involved in a church or a local community right now? We are. Um, so my husband um, started out his adult career life as, as a pastor, went to, went to seminary here in, in St. Louis and, um, and was on staff um, as a pastor at our church for, um, four or five years. And then, um, not because of any loss of relationship with the church or anything else, but that he decided that he really did not want to pursue full-time ministry as his, as his lifetime career and moved to, and moved to IT. Um, we actually stayed at the church, which we were really hopeful that we would be able, able to because we loved the community of it love the other pastors and um and really wanted to be able to stay there. There was a little bit of question at the time, I think maybe not in anyone else's mind, but maybe in ours of can we transition from being on you know, on staff here and being in the past you know, pastoral role to just being like in a membership <laughs> membership role. And it kind of happened, you know, pretty pretty seamlessly. So we were really thankful for that. Um and and we're still like that's probably still our tightest community um of of support and friends and and everything and then we do participate in a couple of a couple of local homeschool groups as well and we're really because our kids are little like we're really just starting to get our feet wet in that like it's not like we're you know we're really well plugged in yet but but seeing that start to happen a little bit okay so this is actually the last question believe it or not okay. we, we have we have reached the end 
How do you how do you measure success in life? How do I personally measure success in life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The, um, the last question has to be fun. Okay. <laughs> it has to be a yep, little out of the like realm it. of glory. <laughs> um, I I would say somebody somebody that lives with with purpose. So do they have a vision for their life and are they living according to that? Are they making decisions based on their values? Are they making decisions based on their their vision for for their own life? That's probably the biggest thing because hopefully that is a wildly diverse um you know, a wildly diverse type of um measure. Because everyone's, you know, vision and purpose is so, so, so different and, and everything. Um, but when I see people, people that are willing to say no to things that they, that don't fit within their, within their pur purpose and, um, and people who are willing to go out of their way to, you know, to make their own life fit their vision, that mm -hmm. I just have so much respect for that. And that's probably when I start to say that is somebody who is, successful right right that's, that's a good answer that's really good well mary thank you so much for, for for being with us today this is the first episode of that homeschool thing um so it is it's absolutely a pleasure to have you thank you it's absolutely my pleasure this has been another episode of that homeschool thing don't forget to subscribe on itunes or wherever you get your podcast join the facebook community and watch our videos on youtube